Hey kids, welcome to the Capital Life Podcast. I am your host, Abby Pagood. This is where we talk about all the things that life brings. The good, the bad, and the healthy. And just for you guys today, we are talking about to eat or not to eat. That is the question. And no, this is not a way to stress out to you guys and point out all the crappy things that you are doing and making mistakes and what you should and should not be eating. This is really more of a focus of talking about some of the scariest food items that still exist in the U.S. today that are actually banned in other countries and why they're banned. So it's going to be a really interesting conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. But before we get started, we want to do a huge shout out to our capital partner of the month, Restorative Function Massage. If you have not gotten a massage from Anissa or any of her cronies, you need to call them. The, her number is 469-679-7998. She is based out of McKinney, Texas, and she will just get you all situated straight. Don't forget, it is that time of season when stress levels are at an all-time high. Even digestion can be a little bit funky with all of the holiday foods. Our energy can be low. We can even have swings of depression. So it's really important that you stay on top of your maintenance care, especially when it comes to the holidays because it's highly important. I would suggest checking out some of our oils at CapitalHealth.com, that's K-A-P-I-T-O-L, Health.com, and see what little remedies might work for you, especially during the holidays. We gots to take care of ourselves. Now, let's get into it. There are six major food items that are banned in other countries, but they are not banned in the United States. Why is that? Is that because we have more expanded scientific research to which we're like, oh, we know what this does to our body? Is this because we have more medical intervention that can help protect us from all of these things? Is it because we know more than these other countries? No, it is not. Really, we need to start being very, very concerned with what's going on within our society because there's a lot of unanswered questions and a lot of people that are not being held accountable. So instead of attacking those people right now and you want to know who those people are, stay tuned for later in the episode so that we can discuss those things. But first, we're going to actually talk about the primary foods that are banned and why they are. So Number one, beef synthetic growth hormones. So these growth hormones consist of, they're basically RBGH and RBST. These growth hormones were approved in the FDA in 1993. Cows were injected with these hormones, but when they, what they noticed is these cows, these dairy cows that were injected with these hormones actually suffered from major health problems. And some of those health problems actually included birth defects. Okay. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm thinking that if you're giving hormone injections to cows and then the cows are actually having fertility issues, basically saying hey, we're having, we're having all these cows with birth defects that are popping up left and right. 
don't you start wondering what the hell is in the shot or how that hormone is affecting that livestock. More importantly, those livestock, these animals are actually being injected with chemicals that are affecting their offspring. In turn, we're eating not just the products like the dairy or cheese that they're producing, but then we're also consuming the meat that's on them as well. I think that's a really big problem. If they're having birth defects, why wouldn't it cause birth defects within us? I've noticed that I have had a ton of clients and I've also noticed a ton of individuals, you know, friend, close friends and family members that they have had increase of miscarriages because of numerous things going on in our world. One of the things we need to protect first and foremost is our hormone levels, our fertility ability, and our immune responses to things. And if we're sitting here injecting ourselves with foreign hormones that are giving a problematic response just to our livestock, what the hell do you think it's going to do to us? I don't... I sit there and I wonder what the hell is going on when you start noticing these problems and then nothing is done about it. We need to be anticipating what the reaction will be and actually take charge and start figuring out what to do. Now, what's worse is that in the United States, you know, the FDA, it approved this in 1993, but even more so, I how much of us have ever really gone back and get reevaluated? Now, there are companies that are out there that have done a really great job in identifying, hey, we're seeing that there's some issues. We probably should stop, you know, doing hormone hormone related manipulations to our livestock so that we're not, you know, you know, it has to do with greed. It really comes down to wanting to mass produce, be able to handle the massive population that we have, and it just has to do with keeping on top of production. Because you know, like corporate America, it's always about keeping on top of production. But the worst part is, is that. We have other countries that have banned, okay, a European Commission banned hormones in livestock in 1981, and still to this day, they have that same rule in place. So we don't even have that rule, first and foremost. We actually approve it and support it primarily so that we can keep up with production, right, regardless of what it does to our body. And then lastly, what's worse is that the FDA does not require it to be labeled to inform consumers of that interference, which I just find insulting and worse. Now, I have to give props to the companies out there that have started adding labels saying no added hormones or hormone-free. That is huge because at least they're being friendly to the consumer to the and loyal to their customers to verify, hey, we're not putting these things in our products because we know that you guys are kind of pissed off that we've been doing it for years. So we're trying to make it up to you so that you can still like us and still buy our shit, which I respect and I like that they are doing that. But my still question is, what the heck is the FDA doing? Why haven't they actually taken a lot of these sciences and studies and started looking at the percentages of people and how percentages of people's reactions to certain things. This is a major problem. We need to fix it. Number two, soda filled with brominated vegetable oil. This is also known as BVO, okay? So vegetable oil is actually really bad for you guys. Um, If you guys are still cooking with it, stop. 
immediately. Um, canola oil is more, more wildly popular because it's cheaper. It is made out of corn. And you know my rule of thumb is that our bodies don't really digest corn so well. That's kind of why it comes out in full pieces. That's kind of, if you can see it, probably not absorbing it. So um, it's got to go. Um, so canola oil isn't necessarily the best to cook with. I do understand if you're on the budget. I personally like grapeseed oils, almond oils, even olive oil. Okay. Um, what's interesting about BVO is that it's actually banned in Europe and Japan. Um, they they not only ban BVO in particular, but also any chemicals derived from vegetable oil as well. So, like, it's interesting because you really want to wonder, hey, why is BVO an issue? Well, apparently overexposure to bromine or brominated chemicals is linked to memory loss and nerve disorders. And... I don't know about you, but I have been looking around and, I mean, even even when I avoid foods like this, memory's hard as you get older, and we don't like to feel like dum-dums. I'm saying, we you know, you can collect a lot for Halloween coming up, but I don't think we want to actually be known as a dum-dum. So just pay attention to your BVOs and make sure that you're not having any of that in your food because it affects memory loss and nerve disorders, which is a very serious problem. And what's worse, this is a side note, guys, um, FYI, BVOs are actually a, fl a form of flame retardant. So if you, I mean, if you're really in favor of, uh, you know, those, those, People that light things on their sticks on fire and then stick it down their throat and then they like pull it out and stuff. So if you want to light your body and your intestinal tract on fire, by all means, keep on going. But for right now, I think it might be a good idea to say, hey, if this is like a form of a flame retardant, I don't think it belongs in my body. Just a thought. Now. Number three, some of you guys are already aware of this and some of you guys are not, but it'll be interesting to see what your guys' reactions are. Now, artificial dyes is a big one in society today. So we're talking about yellow number five, yellow number six, and we're talking about red 40. So if you like pick up, I don't know, I think if you pick up like a pack of Skittles, right? And you look on the back and you look for the food coloring or the alternative dyes, right? To give, you know, their their vibrancy to some of our food products. Um, they actually, um, companies have removed these products when they are sold overseas because overseas in places like Europe and other countries, they do not allow these dyes to be in food products because of the symptoms that follow. So they've actually removed, so these companies are aware of these laws, so therefore they've removed them from the products that are sold overseas, but they're still keeping them in U.S. products. Why is that? To me, I start wondering, hmm, okay, you might taste, lost some flavor, you might have you like change some discoloration so that may not be appealing but at the same time you still want to pitch your food product and still sell it so you don't have a problem having removed those items why don't just remove it from all of them is it 
more cost effective for the company to keep putting it in there. And since, you know, FDA and CDC don't have our backs, like we can just sneak it right past them. Like what is really going on with that? I think it's important for us to start looking into it. And especially right now, I think the more important thing is what does yellow five, yellow six and red 40 contribute to our health issues? Well, I'll tell you. It's actually known that red 40 in particular actually increases hyperactivity in children, even the yellow dyes as well. So forms of dyes have actually started showing hyperactivity in children. Now, there's also proof that it's not just happening in adults and children, but allergies and cancer risks are increasing because of these food exposures. So what I find interesting is everybody in the United States, practically their attention span has dropped. And not only is that like a electronic contribution of our Facebook and Instagram and I get what I want when I want it concepts, but it also really does go hand in hand when it comes to the food that we're putting in our in our bodies because it, we do have such a reactive response to the foods that come in. The also interesting thing is if you've noticed, I don't know, about you, but it seems like everybody in their child has been diagnosed with ADD, okay? ADHD, ADD, it doesn't matter. The point is the increase of people having it or needing to accommodate things. My question really is, is if someone is even at all suspected to be diagnosed with ADD or ADHD, did you go to work on their food first? Because I feel like Doing a good clean out of your processed sugars and artificial dyes and colorings would be a really good start, especially when the primary ingredient of these artificial dyes is known to create hyperactivity in children, which would also affect their attention span, guys. What I find even more sad is that more and more parents seem to be losing their crap because they can't figure out what the hell is going on with their kids. The anxiety is through the roof. Their sensitivity is through the roof. They're having stomach aches left and right, finding that they have to go to the doctors to do endless tests of allergens, which a lot of those allergy tests don't test the inside of the body. We are finally getting doctors that are actually doing blood tests to to actually study the response of like how your cells adapt to certain foods and cause inflammation and how reactive we've become. And thank goodness that doctors are starting to do that. But the percentage of these doctors that are fully aware and actually believe that these tests work is very limited. And the sad thing is, is that we need more and more holistic care practitioners that are looking for the root cause of the problem, not for a Band-Aid, not for a, hey, my kid has ADD. Oh, well, he just eats nothing but sodas and candy all day. So, you know, I probably should clean out his diet first before loading him up with big pharma drugs. Just a thought. One of the things I find really found interesting is just by paying attention to alternative dyes being in foods and how they're increasing, you know, that hyperactivity, they're increasing the allergies, they're increasing the cancer risk, is I wanted to start looking up and find out what popu- how has the population changed in its diagnostics of cancers, allergies, and ADHD. So I actually went and did a little bit of homework and found which found a little a couple of things that are a little concerning. Um, 
However, one, my first concern is if you look up, you know, cancer ratings and you're and you just straight put out cancer ratings, looking for increased cancer ratings in comparison over the past 10 years and you start looking it up. Almost the top 15 pages that are referred to you all are focused on the death rate of cancers improving. None of them allowed you to search for cancers, cancer diagnostics or cancer diagnoses percentages. It was primarily focused on, oh, look, guys, we're doing a great job. We have dropped our cancer death rate by 27% since 2001. That is great. I'm so glad that our sciences and our studies and our the hard work that our oncologists are doing are helping fix cancer or sa- and save people's lives. But you know what I would really want to know? I want to know what the fuck is causing all these cancers. Why are we still freaking dealing with this shit? Why are we still focused on not just the... Uh, why aren't we... Why are we only focused on the care and the treatment? Why aren't we actually focusing on the cause and where it's coming from? Because it's not just genetics that come in come into play. It also has to do with our external and internal environments, what we are absorbing around us in addition to what we're consuming in our bodies. And if the FDA and the CDC are constantly approving things that are not supposed to be in our bodies, you know, we've got forms of freaking arsenic in a lot of our foods we have we have a ton of things that do not need to be in our foods the hormones the artificial flavors all of this crap that's increasing our risk of cancers increasing our risk of food allergies guys it's a really big deal just because the death rate has decreased by 27 percent my question is the comparison of diagnosed cancers from in the difference Overall cancer in the United States went from 700 and to right between 700,000 and 80,000, 800,000 people in 1975 to now 1.3 to 1.4 million people. That's a huge difference. We jumped from just under 100,000 people in the United States total alone. 30, 40 years ago, but then we have clearly not just doubled, tripled, and quadrupled. We are now in the 1.3 to 1.4. That's one million, that's almost 1 million more people that are still getting diagnosed with cancers every day. And this is overall cancers, guys. It is the number two death cause in the United States. So we need to wake up. We just really need to wake up. Allergies, guys. Allergies. You guys hear me talk about food allergies all the time, and you could be one of those people that don't believe in any of the BS and the gluten-free bullshit or whatever, but the fact is is that aller- allergies slash food sensitivities are real. The rate of allergic reactions in foods has increased by 377% over the past decade. Students with food allergies are 1 in 12 children. I remember when I was little in elementary school in the 80s and you never heard about a kid having a food allergy. There might have been one kid out of your entire class of 300 and it was for a peanut 
or something, right? Now we have increased allergies all over the place. The, stop, the top food allergens are nuts, shellfish, milk, milk including dairy, guys, dairy, and eggs. Those are the top food aller- sensitivities out there. This is a huge freaking deal. Guys, when it comes to our ADD kids, we really need to start paying attention because it's gotten a hell of a lot worse. And I have a large, large feeling that a lot of these artificial flavors have a lot to do with it because we are at a rate of 5.2 million children between the ages of 3 and 17 years old that have been diagnosed with ADD. 60% of surveyors said that their kids are taking medications for ADHD, and 64% of those surveyors reached out to counseling. Counseling is great when it comes to trying to manage, you know, our triggers and our responses, especially to our children that are suffering from things like ADD. But the other thing that concerns me is that our counselors are not certified or educated extensively in nutrition unless they're in that specialty and that to me is a problem because when it comes to the foods that are coming into your body affecting your hormones hormone balances even affecting our sugar levels affecting what's coming in and causing hyperactivity the number one thing we need to be focusing on is that doing kind of like a diet clean out more children that will stay away from refined sugars and focus on a more of a high protein diet function much better. There's also genetic testing that exists today to figure out that if your genes are predisposed to have adverse reactions to certain things, which include having cognitive um cognitive struggles in addition to energy imbalances in addition to you know really affecting the way that we our mood shifts from what's in our system we have to do a better job the thing that bothers me the most is that child prescriptions for ADHD climbed 50% from 2002 to 2012 that's not even including now guys that was 10 freaking years ago 10, 50 years, we already had a 50% increase. What the F do you think is happening probably now? Being that big pharma is all up in putting stuff in our bodies. If you guys are finding this helpful and insightful, please do not forget to connect with us on Facebook and YouTube at Capital Health. And you can also check out our TikTok at Capital Health as well. Um, We can also make sure that you are checking us out online at CapitalHealth.com. That's K-A-P-I-T-O-L Health.com for all of your subscriptions to our newsletter newsletter, updates on our blogs, in addition to keeping up with the podcast and when they release. We are on all your social media platforms, so don't forget to come check us out. Now, what number are we on? I think we are on number four. Number four is interesting. There is an ingredient that's called ADA, and it's a zodiac carbon carbon on my mind. Forgive me for mispronouncing that. It's kind of a very difficult word to say. But in short, it's known as ADA. This ADA is actually found in cereals and breads. Okay. It is one of the reasons that the coloring in the food 
is so well. Like, you know, when we look at our cereals and breads, they don't really fade. They're not like molding out. You know, they're really keeping their vibrancy and their attractive appeal. It's also probably interesting that one of the things that we find really attractive is yoga mats, right? Yoga mats are, you know, they have all kinds of different colors. They have a good texture. They keep us balanced. They also have ADA in it. Isn't that interesting? We the one similarity that ADA has is that I think that means we could eat our yoga mats, right? Because if the shared common denominator is ADA in your yoga mat to keep its vibrant colors in addition to ADA in our food so they keep our vibrant colors, we might as well just start eating yoga mats, guys, because that just makes a lot of sense. I feel like I need to you know, channel my inner goat and, you know, figure out how they really chewed on paper and stuff. Well, the interesting thing is, is ADA, as you guessed it, is banned in Europe, but it's found in over 500 common American grocery stores and food restaurant chains. I would really like a massive list of those restaurant chains that have all of those things, especially when ADA has already been linked to its carcinogenic connection to disease. That's right. You heard me say carcinogenic, guys. Carcinogens. Things that are bad for you. It's not good. It kills you, right? Now, there have been some companies, like Subway in particular, right? They always have their vibrant-looking bread loaves. Well, Subway's done a really good job of actually kind of reaching out to the public and saying, we're so sorry, we'll we'll take the ADA out of our breads. And so they claim to have done so. So I'll give them credit for that. There was a big stink of population of people that were doing that. It's probably around the same time that the Subway guy was popular. But at any rate, um, two other companies that actually stood up to the plate to remove their products, but I'm pretty sure it was after some lawsuits that had gone their way, and those companies were Wendy's and McDonald's. So they still, um, they say that they've like taken all those, the ADA, ADA out of their products, but the sad thing is it's still legal by the FDA. So even though we have people that are, putting a rise within industries and trying to challenge them for the good, we still have the FDA that's not doing their job. They're not protecting us as well as they are supposed to. And that is what upsets me. Now, we've all been there back, you know, back in the day where someone wants to trim down and watch their weight and get like the zero calorie yogurts and make sure that, you know, if they're eating chips, it's like air potato chips that don't really have any flavor, but you know, at the same time, at least they still get the crunchy, crunchy, crunchy. And I get it. We've all been there. You know, we pay attention to the calorie free or the fat free or the cholesterol free because we're trying to make sure we watch our heart health. The sad thing is the chemical to basically remake fatty foods and keep them appealing, but at the same time promoting, you know, not adding to your waistline. Well, the sad thing is that ingredient is actually called Alestra. And the worst thing is it is known to be one of the top 50 worst inventions known to man, which 
to me, I just find hilarious that it's ranked in the top 50 worst inventions, but yet we're still allowed to have it in our foods. But I digress. So apparently this Olestra, it attacks the gut and causes disease, which basically causes gastrointestinal diseases. So my question is, who wants a rotting gut, guys? Raise your hand. Sign up. Go get your Olestra. Rot your gut out and build some tumors. Just get it done. But it's okay. We can we can eat a diet. You know, you can eat you can continue eating your calorie-free, fat-free, cholesterol-free foods, you know, so you're not adding to your waistline, but at the same time you're still shitting yourself from the diarrhea effect. Check that out, guys. It's really good. Because that chemical actually causes massive diarrhea in adults. Just, that's hot. Such a turn on. But that's not all. What's even better is Alestra also increases your appetite, which kind of, to me, defeats the purpose of having it in the food product to begin with because, oh, look, I'm eating this food to reduce my calories and reduce my fat intake but I'm going to replace it with a food that helps me eat more when I'm trying to watch my weight. I, I just can't. I just can't go on with that. But as you are correct, it is banned in Canada and Europe. So, you know, go Canada. Where are my Canadians at, A? Eh? Good job for banning Alestria because that, that stuff's crap. Now, they could go on to a whole thing about arsenic, you know, arsenic, our good old, you know, killing friend chemical. Um, and I thought about discussing this and, and really talking about it so to bring attention to arsenic and how it comes into, it comes into play. But instead of just listing all the foods to, like, make you panicked and never want to eat again, I figured it'd just be more important to pay attention to what is happening with our population is we are finding that we have such a large population to our turnover rate of our fruits and vegetables are creating us to mass produce and it's creating us to add fortified chemicals, chemicals to create faster growth, create, you know, more hearty, bigger, uh, produce. Now, the problem with that is as we are doing that, we're taking the nutrients out of our food. The other thing that is really important is that in the past, we've had, you know, with buildings and all the chemicals that are that we've sprayed onto our land to try and control, you know, growth and environment and all the things the chemicals that have been in a lot of those products, arsenic, there have been traces of arsenic. So arsenic has been kind of leaching down into our soil. And so now it's starting to creep into our foods. And it's also starting to creep into our water lines and all of that other stuff. So instead of, you know, thinking the end of the world is coming because we're all going to be poisoned with arsenic, it's just really important to pay attention to, you know, 
the cleaner water companies and paying attention to the cleaner food companies, you know, companies that do do not inject their cows with hormones and the companies that aren't putting artificial flavors in and the companies that are, you know, trying to do a non-GMO spectrum and try and making sure that they're away from other GMO farms. GMO farms will spray their their pesticides onto their products to keep them all clean but at the same time when the wind blows it can carry it over to the non-gmos and that is what's end up tainting it is that you know there's not a lot of control in contamination and the way that we need to do it is it needs to be eliminated it we need to stop contaminating our foods because it's causing these really big lifelong effects and for somebody like me that absolutely loves food, knows food, you know, encourages healthy eating, but also encourages, you know, that we're allowed to have indulgences, I would just like all of the eating around it to not be a life-threatening issue and causing, these ingredients are causing a longer lasting effect. You may not notice them day to day. You may not notice them from eating them one time, but over 5, 10, 15 years, you start to notice your body change and shape in a different direction. And we need to be more aware of that. The other thing that is concerning to me is we really need to pay attention to these um, organizations out there that are claiming to be in our best interests. You know, who CDC, FDA, and Big Pharma have been losing a lot of respect over the last couple of years. And it's not because they've done something different. It's that they've been doing the same old shit and they haven't made any upgrades or changes. And it really is... Like we need to stop getting out of this old world mentality and we need to start focusing like the old world mentality of feeding, you know, the corporation that's trying to screw us into spending lots of money on their food products or, you know, changing changing the images of their products so that it looks like a healthy new company when it still has the same freaking ingredient in it. We need to start paying attention to what's going on recommendations for our own health care has changed. And that is something that we really need to pay attention to because science is science. You can't make that shit up. It's factual. It focuses on the black and white. And for us to sit here and say, you know, there we might have new discoveries because we, our technology is advancing and there's things we did not know. But at the same time, you know, how cells functions, organisms function, how like all of that stuff that hasn't changed, we are becoming more aware of how it affects our body and company like big organizations like the FDA. I mean, they were supposed to be there for regulation. They were supposed to be there to protect us. You know, CDC should be jumping in and holding FDA accountable and saying, guys, what the blank? You're not doing your job. Half of these ingredients are banned in other countries, but we don't have a problem poisoning our Americans because we just have so many people on the planet. And on top of it, it's like when we do have problems, instead of finding the root cause of the issue. Instead, we're peddling around the problem and just feeding, allowing big pharma to keep feeding our bodies with more toxic chemicals that cause more symptoms and cause more disease. So before you're jumping on the CDC train and big pharma and FDA and who, you need to start saying, is this really good for me? And am I actually being informed of accurate information that is out there?
Thanks for joining me today on The Capital Life, where we talk about all the things. Join me next time for a special episode of Open Up. We are going to be talking about spiritual awareness with Halloween coming into town. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow on YouTube, Facebook at Capital Health. And you can also find the Capital Life on all podcasting platforms except for Pandora because Pandora sucks. Remember to take care of yourself because you are somebody's everything.